Welcome to Verse by Verse, the teaching ministry of Pastor John Reed from Calvary Chapel, Northwest Reno. You'll want to grab your Bible and follow along, verse by verse, with Pastor John. I, I came from that background and those vices and that, that history, that's me, and they identify and they connect with our story. And as a Christian, as we share our story and unfold our life to others, it can minister, it can bring them to Christ, and it can cause them to get saved. So your story is for a reason. It's for purpose. It's so you will tell it. And if you're a Christian, Jesus should be in your story. Take Benjamin's place. Don't let him be a slave. Don't let him be captured and taken away by this Lord of Egypt. It will kill daddy. Someone must take his place. Verse 30. Now therefore, when I come to your servant, my father, and the lad is not with us, since his life is bound up in the lad's life. Do you see? His whole life revolves around Benjamin. If you take the baby boy away from daddy, it will kill him. It will drive him to his grave. It's all he has. It's all he lives for. He discards all the other siblings, all the other brothers and sister, and all he focuses is on Benjamin. And if I lose Benjamin, I lose it all. He's fixated. He's obsessed. He's put everything he has into his baby boy, Benjamin. All your eggs in one basket. It seems out of balance. What about the other family members? What about the other loves, the friends, the people God has put your life and you're fixated on one? Man, for the Christian, the fixation on one should only be the Lord Jesus Christ. He should be number one above every love, above every person. I think Abraham had to learn that, yes? His son Isaac Take now your son, your only son, and sacrifice him to me. And Abraham did. And he lifted the knife. And you know the story. The angel of the Lord, Abraham, Abraham, don't hurt the lad. It was just a test to see if I'm number one, if God's number one in your life. And if we put God first, he will bless all your relationships. If you seek the kingdom first, he'll put everything in order. But sometimes we idolize a person above God. Verse 31. When he sees that the lad is not with us, he will die. Thus your servants will bring the gray hair of your servant, our father, down to Sheol in sorrow. You can't capture the little boy. You can't do this to us. You can't do this to our father when we come home and he, he's going to look, the very first person he's going to search for is Benjamin, and when he doesn't see Benjamin, he'll have a heart attack. You will 
put him into despair and depression and he'll give up on life and he will die. Please, don't do this. 32. For your servant became surety for the lad to my father, saying, If I do not bring him back to you, then let me bear the blame before my father forever. I swore to him. I gave him my pledge, my personal guarantee that I will protect the little boy with my life. He must come back. And I told my father, if I don't bring him back, then blame me, punish me, I will suffer forever for the rest of my life. Joseph is hearing this story. He's the Lord of Egypt. He's in disguise. He's talking through an Egyptian interpreter. And he sees that Judah has passed the test. That Judah loves Benjamin. That Judah has promised and pledged his own life that Judah will protect Benjamin with all he's got. Now, before he didn't do that to Joseph, right? Before Judah sold Joseph along with all the brothers, right? But now Judah has changed. Judah's the leader. Judah's the key. Judah is the protector. 33, now therefore, please let your servant remain instead of the lad, a slave to my Lord. And let the lad go up with his brothers. I will take his place. I will be the slave. Please let him escape and go back to dad. And I will be the slave. Don't hold Benjamin. I will trade my life for his. If you've ever seen the movie, read the book, The Chronicles of Narnia, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, you know of little the little boy Edmund, and he encounters the witch who's the devil. And she says she's the queen of Narnia, you know, oh no, she's an imposter. But she has her little treats, and her one drug of choice is called Turkish Delight. And when you eat her treats, her little morsels and sweeties, they are the devil's drugs, and they addict you and you have craving, and you have a meltdown, and you must come back for more. And so she hooks the little boy, Edmund, on her drugs, her alcohol, her vices, her sins, knowing that he will betray his brothers and sisters. And she says to him, don't come back without them. You don't see my face. You don't come to my palace. I'm not giving you more drugs, more Turkish delight, unless you bring your siblings with you. You must betray them so that she can capture them 
and kill them. And if you've read the book, seen the movie, you see he's doing his best. It's a horrible sin to betray your own family, your own brothers and sisters. But Aslan, the lion from the tribe of Judah, here is Judah. He's the spokesman. He's the leader. Through Judah, Jesus comes, right? Through Israel and then through the tribe of Judah, eventually we get the Messiah, Jesus. And so Aslan says, I will take the place of Edmund. I will die on the stone table. I will give the witch her blood. And you know, she raises the knife and she kills Aslan on the stone table. And he dies for the betrayer, the sins of Edmund. For one to take another's place. Judah passes the test, volunteering himself as a human slave, the ultimate sacrifice. And it's very symbolic. Now Judah's like Jesus because Jesus takes our place, right, on the cross. 34. For how shall I go up to my father if the lad is not with me, for fear that I see the evil, the distress that would overtake my father. How can I do this to my dad? He will surely die when I come home without him. I can't bear the grief I can't do this to him again. He did this with Joseph. They kept the straight face, you know. Well, uh, look, Dad, it's his coat of many colors, isn't it? And, and there's blood on it. What, what could you think? What could it mean? I can't, do, I can't destroy him all over again. I can't repeat my family's sins. I won't do it. I will die for Benjamin, I will become a human slave for him. Crazy. I like the stories. I like Disney. Beauty and the Beast. Remember Belle? And her father is held captive in a cell. And she offers to the Beast, take me in his place and set my father free. He's like, you would do this? Yeah, I love my father. To set him free. And then later... In the story, she finds out that her father's in trouble and she has to save him. And the bee says, I will set you free. I will let you go back to your father and save him. And she's saying, why would you do this? You know, all the characters are saying, if you let her go, we're under the spell. We'll remain hideous creatures forever. Why would you do this? Because I love her. Right? A sacrifice. It's in all the stories. It's in all the books. And it can be in our lives today through Jesus. Chapter 45, verse 1. Then Joseph could not control himself before all those who stood by him. And he cried out, Have everyone go out from me. Clear my palace. 
my royal residence, all the Egyptians, leave at once, my gods. Leave me alone with my visitors. So there was no one with him when Joseph made himself known to his brothers. I cannot keep the charade going. They've passed the test. I know I can trust them. I want my family back. He doesn't just want to see them. He wants to be with them. He wants to reconcile with them. Have you ever been there? Maybe you've driven past family. You saw them in the marketplace. You saw their house. You saw their car. You saw them at the park. And you're passing by. And you wish so much it's your dream. I want them back in my life. I want to make amends. I want to hug them again. I want to come over their house. I want to eat with them again. Have you been there? Welcome to my world. Verse 2. He wept so loudly that the Egyptians heard it. And the household of Pharaoh heard of it. He cannot control himself. He's wailing and screaming and crying. And it's the ache of his soul. Yes, he's the mighty Lord of Egypt. He's powerful. He's rich. He has all the material things anyone could want. But what he desperately longs for is family. He wants his brothers that did him in, that were so vicious, that sold him as a slave. He forgives them and he wants them back. He wants his baby brother, Benjamin. And Benjamin's the key. Benjamin's the bait. And through Benjamin, Joseph will get his father back, Jacob. Do you see it? God's plan is unfolding. Verse 3. Then Joseph said to his brothers, I am Joseph. Is my father still alive? But his brothers could not answer him. For they were dismayed. They were terrified at his presence. You're, you're Joseph? You're Joseph who was screaming and begging for his life, and I kicked you, and I ripped the coat off, and I ripped your beautiful coat of many colors. I smeared the blood, and, and you struggled, and we bound you like a human slave, and we sold you for silver coins, and you begged and pleaded as the caravan drug you off, you scream, please don't do this to me. You're Joseph, and you have the power of Egypt, and we've bowed before your might, and you have the guards, and you have the weapons to destroy us, to get revenge, and finally kill us, to make us human slaves like we did to you. You're Joseph. They are trembling, they're shaking, in their boots. Joseph is relieved. The secret is out. It's me. Come close. 
Joseph's not wanting revenge. Joseph has grown up. Joseph is mature. Joseph knows God, and he knows God's grace and mercy and forgiveness, and he has love for his brothers that did him dirty. But do you? <laughs> the family reunion. Oh, no, there they are. Oh, there's my arch enemy. Oh, that family member. I never want to see him again. I screamed and cussed. Don't ever come to my house again. And here they are. And what will you do? Face your abusers with mercy, grace, and forgiveness. Oh, if I ever see them again, I'll knock their block off. I'm going to tell them what for. I'm going to smack into their car. I'm going to do some horrible thing. Let it go. Just like God forgave you, he asks you to forgive them, even to forgive your enemies. And sometimes our closest friends and family and loved ones can be our worst enemies. Have you been there? What does it mean? What are we to do with this story? You need to trade places with Christ. Hacksaw Ridge is the true story of Desmond Doss, Private Desmond Doss. He was a Christian, a devout believer. He wanted to serve his country, but not with weapons. He wanted to be a medic. He wanted to save lives and not destroy lives. He said, why can't I serve my country and, and help our boys and join the brotherhood in the army? So he joins his brothers in the military. And because he wouldn't take up arms, he wouldn't even touch a weapon. They mocked him. They ridiculed him. They beat him. They tried to destroy him. And Desmond forgave them. And in battle, he becomes the medic that saves countless. And at the famous battle in World War II, they called it... Uh, Hacksaw Ridge up on this mountaintop, horrible battles. His troops were just annihilated, left to die, and he's the only one who goes back, risking his very life in combat, in battle without a weapon, and he saves them one by one. He hides them, he drags them, he brings them back, he saves 75 American soldiers risking laying down his own life to save them. He becomes famous, the awards, the medals. This humble Christian man, rejected by his brothers, and now he saves them. Can you believe such a thing? I have good news. You deserve enslavement. 
You deserve punishment and death. But Jesus has taken your place. You see, the devil's out to destroy you, to kill, steal, and destroy. But Jesus has paid the price. He's fulfilled the law. He's appeased the wrath of God by going to the cross for you. We call this substitutionary atonement. You have a substitute who paid the price, who spilled the blood, and only one has the perfect, holy blood without sin. Only one can pay your price. And he's already paid it for you 2,000 years ago. So the price has been paid. The substitute has already taken the nails. But will you accept him as your offering? Will you allow his price to be paid to your account? Because you have a debt you could never pay. And Christ has paid it for you. But do you want his sacrifice? Do you accept his blood? Do you receive his body as payment for you? Christ has taken our sin, our shame, our guilt, our punishment. And we have a choice. Accept it or reject it. Receive it or throw it away. It's the most expensive gift you've ever been given. It's an eternal gift. Make Jesus your substitute on the cross, your sacrifice. It's a matter of your own free will. God cannot force you. God will acknowledge and accept your choice. Do you want him? Do you not? Do you want to live in heaven with the Lord Jesus Christ for all eternity, or do you have a better choice? No one can force you. But God bids us, God pleads with us, God loves us. Why would someone sacrifice themselves for someone else? The, the Father protecting his family from the burglar, the prowler, the, the, the policeman protecting the innocent in face of the criminal. The, the soldiers dying for God and country and protecting us civilians. It must be love that God would sacrifice his son for us. It must be love. Just say yes to Jesus today. Accept his death for you. Live for him. And copy his example by sacrificing yourself for others. Jesus said, Greater love has no one than this, that one lay down his life for his friends. Sacrifice yourself. Let's pray. Lord Jesus Christ, thank you for dying for us, setting us free, 
and breaking our bonds and slavery of sin and Satan and the world. We need you. We want you to be our payment, our sacrifice, our substitute. Let's trade places, Jesus. We give you our sin, our guilt, our shame upon your cross, upon your shoulders. In your body, you became sin for us. Please trade to us your righteousness, your grace, your good works, because ours are filthy rags. We need your holiness, your forgiveness, and your greatest gift of all, the cross. Jesus, we return our love to you. We confess you as Savior and Lord. We desperately need you to pay our price. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for supporting Verse by Verse, the teaching ministry of Pastor John Reed from Calvary Chapel, Northwest Reno at 246 Courtney Lane, Reno, Nevada, 89523. Our phone number is 775-746-4567 and our webpage is calvaryreno.com. You're always welcome to join our services.